Welcome to the Dog Show Show podcast, presented by the Staffordshire Bull Terrier Society of New South Wales and featuring Kim Reader. <laughs> oh, welcome to the latest episode oh, of the Dog Show Show, here with Barb and Kim Reader again. And this episode, we're talking about breeders, not the 90s pop punk alternative act. No one knows. No one's going to get that reference. If anyone gets that reference, I'll be very happy. But um, but dog breeders, and we had this. I sort of had this thought the other day about what what do we look for if you if you're buying a dog. What do we look for in a reputable breeder? What does a reputable breeder? I can't even say it. <laughs> reputable breeder look like? Do you know Barb? I have no idea. Perhaps we should ask Kim. <laughs> Kim knows all about it. <laughs> uh, what, well, what does a reputable breeder look like? Well, it's like any purchase, and it's a big purchase buying an animal of mm. any kind, is to do your research and look at where you would find a reputable breeder and don't, uh, I suppose, buy out of emotion and stop at the first person and purchase the puppy without doing the research. So there are websites that you can go to that are specifically got breeders on them. Lots of breed them, mm-hmm. lots of breeders. Um, there's the governing bodies. There's the ANKC, which is Dogs New South Wales in New South Wales, mm-hmm. or um, there is the Master Breeders Association, which is a registration body for dogs that are not purebred necessarily. Ah, oh, okay. So it's about researching through them. They've got Facebook pages, they've got contacts, mm. and doing your research on uh, knowing what you want, firstly, like when you're purchasing anything, you've mm. got to know what mm. you want mm. uh, or have some vague idea. Um, and talk to people. You don't necessarily, as I say, purchase the first thing you see or, mm. or fall in love with. Mm. You have to be realistic. Mm. So it's um, a matter of um, ringing around or you know, emailing, however the people are comfortable communicating. Um, my, I myself will only speak to people because I don't do it, any communication on the purchase of a puppy through the email or any other form of communication apart from I want to speak to the people. Why is that? Um, I think that it's easier to uh, get a gist of what they're about and talk to them when you ask the questions. Mm. Um Sometimes face to face on Zoom's good because, or whatever method, because um, you get to to understand the people and realise whether they're they're genuine. Mm. Uh, you can get any any person um, through email or whatever. You just yeah. don't know who they are. Yeah, and it also would give them the peace of mind to talk to you in person and know that you're you're a reputable breeder and not just someone behind an email. Just well. People will contact the society when they've done their research to see if they can find a reputable breeder. Mm-hmm. So that's one way of doing it. So what I find is they'll call up and they'll just say um, all different sorts of way to, to inquire from people. It's quite interesting. But I always ask their name, where they live, and what is it they think they want. Mm. Um, and if we can help them, we will. So um, I had a man not long ago who, who had an older Stafford that had just being put to sleep they were quite realist sort of people um and he said he'd tried everywhere and he'd looked everywhere all over the internet and he just was at a loss and his wife said to him well why don't you find some sort of club or something they would know Mm. so he found the society online Mm. contacted and he he did message me and I said here's my phone number I'd like to speak with you now if people don't call me well then it's the they don't want to. Don't yeah. want to pursue that. You're not that keen, mm. no. no. Mm. So I um, did speak to this gentleman. He was a very interesting gentleman, and what had happened with his his dog that had just passed. And um, after having a chat with him, I got the feel that he was fine. I said, "There's two breeders that I could send you to." Mm. Um, and he went to the local one, and uh, she was very happy because it was a great home. Mm. So. There's that way that people can do it, go through, you know, proper bodies that people will have a genuine interest in making sure that um, you've got what you need and, and want, but also you're not ripped off. Mm. Mm. So there's there's always um, 
that as well. It's often a case where people can be um, overcharged or not get what they thought they purchased. And that's what mm. emails and all that scamming went on through the pandemic mm. was because people purchased that way. Mm. So um, so there's the, the, the purest way of, of doing it, which a lot of people are not happy with. They don't want to purchase that way. So the, what's the purest well, ring up and speak to people. Mm-hmm. We all, so all of us want to speak way. to people yeah. mm-hmm. because we ask them questions, and by those questions, we know we know what's you whether know what it's you're a home. For to, yeah, Because yeah. I've explained to people who've called me, it's not just about you wanting a dog; it's whether we want to sell it to you, um, and we feel that it's the appropriate dog for you. It mightn't be the right dog for you, or the what where what we've got available mightn't be right for you. Mm. So we care as much about you having the right puppy as you do is having one mm. so we we care where the dogs go and we're make very sure responsible that they go to the right place yeah mm. although there is always the clause of if you um if you don't want this puppy or dog for any circumstance in the future not you can bring it back you must mm. is also a thing that purists do because they care what happens to their to their dogs mm-hmm. and so there's those people then, there's the commercial breeders who breed for the puppy market. Mm. Mm. And basically they, were, they came out of a supply and demand situation because the purists were breeding dogs, but not enough mm. for the supply of people. Mm-hmm. And people got a bit annoyed when they couldn't get what they wanted, so mm. they got themselves one and started breeding. Mm. And um, then started selling puppies from that and it became a commercial venture. So um, basically, it's um, it's it's sometimes about um, the breeders' um, reasons for being in in in, in breeding dogs, basically. Yeah, mm. yeah. We, we were chatting about that off air, weren't we? The, the the money element. You know, I had a I was saying off air. We had a dog years ago that accidentally had puppies. We didn't have any intention of it having puppies. Couldn't give them away. Could not give them away. But today. I could call them a, you know, a Garudo or whatever I want to call them, put a, put a $5,000 price tag on it and probably make a small fortune off those dogs. Like, it's, it's madness. It's become a commodity. But yeah. then all animals have, you know, as we were saying before, yeah. out in the regional areas, mm. it's a lot of animal theft, mm. not just dog theft. Um, and uh, the police were saying that that's the highest incidence of crime out in the regional areas yeah. is is animals being stolen and that sort of thing. So at the end of the day, now they are a commodity. As we said before too, in the old days, uh, you know, a dog would have a litter under the house and you'd give them away to your friends in the neighbourhood. There was no... No price tag on them. Well, rarely, you know. So um, that's that's how it was, but, you know, the world's changed a lot. So, yeah, there's... But how to find the right breeder is... Like anything, there's the right person for you. There's the right, you know, car for you, house for you. Mm. So at the end of the day, it's about you doing research and looking around. Mm. Most breeders that are purist breeders that are genuine don't mind you doing that. Mm. They don't want you to have what you shouldn't want anyway. Mm. Um, And basically, um, that's the first step. So if there is a puppy available, um, the next thing is is that... um, you should look to make sure that um, there is testing required for purists. I do understand that some of the MBA people also do this, um, where the dogs are tested for uh, hereditary diseases in that breed. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not a compulsory thing that, that they're tested in relation to their often clear by heritage, which means their fa- mother and father were clear, which means they have to be clear. Yeah. Mm. So, so you're, not, you're not DNA testing and testing, you know, what breeds are in the dog? No, you know, that's right. It's well, a Stafford because mum and dad's a Stafford and yeah, <laughs> their mum and dad were Staffords. Yeah. yeah. So it would be just testing for uh, problems that are they're in the breed. Like Staffords, they say that, you know, there's a test for hereditary cataracts. Well, we don't have cataracts in the breed anymore. Yeah, mm. Okay. It's been eradicated. They don't even test for it. Is that just is that bred out? That's just bred out. Or well, it... it was only one very small part of England where there was a particular line that had hereditary cataracts. They stopped breeding with it, um, and, and, and then it stopped. Mm. It wasn't mm. like it was a 
massive thing across the breed. Mm-hmm. Same as L2. That's not a massive thing across the breed either. It's very rare, actually. You just mm. know that that dog's got that thing and you don't breed with that dog anymore. Well, that's right. Yeah. But they do testing mm. uh, if the dog's a carrier or whatever. But they do, they do testing and they've made it like mandatory of the breed that you should have them tested. But most people are um, clear by heritage now where the mother and father's clear. Mm. Generations are clear. So why mm. would we have it? Mm. Mm. So, but there are some breeds that have newly got issues that have been um, ascertained in their breed. Mm. Mm. So they, they, the breed experts tell you about what needs to be tested mm. for. Mm-hmm. So there's that. Um, but basically, at the end of the day, um, as I say, the supply and demand was what caused the commercial entities to, mm. to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people saw it as a, as a, you know, some people do it for, for a job. Mm. Mm-hmm. And the government is legislating that if you set it up in a commercial way, then you're, you're legal to do that. Um, for the purists, it's harder now because unless you're set up commercially, uh, they're trying to make it that you can't breed at all. Wow. So we've got some very big issues with that. Yeah, I mean, you've talked a few times across these episodes about you know, those restrictions, meaning it's hard to get good show dogs. Well, that's right. Yeah. Mm. It's all, yeah. That's all it's doing. It's, yeah. not, it's not slowing down the production of dogs because they will always be in demand. Mm. Mm. All it's doing is slowing down um, the purest. And basically, as far as I'm concerned, uh, you always only ever heard of the horror stories. Mm. There's some incredible breeders with incredible facilities and incredible dogs. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, if they choose to have their litter in the dining room, so what? Isn't mm. that a good thing? Mm-hmm, mm. Mm. The dog would have much more socialisation and care yeah. than being in a mm. massive... And be more relaxed. That's right. Mm. Than being in one of these big commercial things where it's really still is a, a monitored production line. Yeah, a, a mm. concrete cage... That's what I think of. You know, I don't know what they look like necessarily, but I think of a concrete cage in a in a factory somewhere where the dog is, you know, housed and fed and watered and exercised for half an hour a day, but pretty much just sat on its own with no contact. Yeah, and, and the pups turn out much better when you've got them in the dining room. Yeah, because mm. they're socialised. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And going back to what you were saying earlier with the research, doing your research, and not being do like not being emotional when you're buying you know you see a dog and you fall in love with it so you just grab it because you love it and you're very emotional i think yeah, that kind of, would what then what kind of people do that <laughs> i know a couple go on <laughs> i did research before that you, you remember you did Good um though. but what i'm saying is that then can lead that's then can lead on to people surrendering the dogs to the pound and things later down the track because you haven't done your research you've seen you've fallen in love with the first pup that you've seen and then you know later on you you're not prepared for what that that pup then becomes a dog and how do you manage the the behaviors and things like that if you haven't if you're not prepared for it through through doing your research that Mm. that can lead to the, well, that's the large amount that, of pounds. That's, that's, no, that's sort of the position we're in now. Somebody said to me, you know, I know, I know, we cringe every time we say Maltese Shih Tzu cross because you know, oh, it's cross. Um, but but somebody said to me early in the piece that the Maltese are, are barky dogs, and they can be there's yappy dogs, loud dogs, and there's actually an incredibly high amount of surrenders because people see those behaviour issues and either don't have the knowledge or the patience to try and correct the behaviours. Now, our dog is certainly a buggy dog, but we're working. We're consistently looking for ways to try and work with those behaviours and and try and get those behaviours under control. And so, you know, for us it would be easy to go, like, she's a gorgeous dog and beautiful, and we love her, and she's beautiful around the house, but you take her outside and she wants to bite everything she sees and bark at everything she sees and chase everything she sees. It'll be easy for us to go, too hard. Take her home, take her, put her in a, you know, surrender her. But we're not doing that. But there's plenty of people that that would would do that, yeah. Because mm, they don't know what they're purchasing in the first place, and sometimes they forget they are purchasing a dog, and dogs bark. Mm. 
Yeah, that's their only form of communication. That's right. Hello. <laughs> Mm. This is this is what mm. amazes me. I mean, I, I remember this call many years ago. I got a lady who wanted a, a red Stafford and a black Stafford, and she wanted them not to do anything but just sit in her hallway. She actually said this. And I said, well, I can give you the number for a couple of statues if you like. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> they can paint it black and paint it red. Because right, that's what you're asking for. Later, later yeah. on, if you want a blue and a brindle, you can paint that, that colour too. Change, <laughs> change the colour. Because yeah. the thing mm. is, is that what people firstly don't understand is, is that when you are getting a dog, you're getting a dog... And it has its own character and behaviour. Mm, yeah. yeah. And you've got to integrate that into your family. Yeah. And barking is part of what they do. Yeah, yeah. So if you don't want all those things, and I know people worry because they're in build-up areas and neighbours and yeah. all the things that, that go on around you. Yeah. But at the end of the day, the bottom line about it is, is this is another thing you've got to think about in your research. Yeah, yeah. Mm. This, this, and this dog will bark. I think there are some things on the computer, I'm sure everything's on there, where you can go in and do a match for what kind of dog you should get. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes, they've, I think they've got cavoodles and all these crosses now mm. on there because mm. they're so popular, they, they have to have them on there. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, so, you know, it's very, very important that we think about those things too. And mm. as I say, the lady in one of the statues... Well, they're a live thing. Mm. We've got mm. to we take care of them like another mm. member of the family. Mm. And so, if people aren't prepared, and we don't sit in, you know, sit in a in a house on a chair and not move for the whole day and not talk or anything, we that's, need. That's right. They communicate and just as much as we do. That's right. And they mm. want to go for a walk and mm. want to go to the toilet, mm. and and do all the normal things in life. And if people aren't prepared that that's part of their life now, um, well, then they they shouldn't have one. Mm. Yep. You know, buy a cocky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. buy a fish. You can put them in a tank and they'll just swim and you don't have to do anything with them. Mm, that's right. Mm. So it's it's a matter of really knowing if that's what you want in the first place. Yeah. And breeders will, proper breeders will, will ask you about these things. Yeah. Mm. They want to know that they're, and I know lots of people when they ring up and they get quizzed basically, it's for this reason. It's so that they know that they're getting the right dog mm. and that they don't end up in the pound or back mm. with them. Mm-hmm. Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's like, well, I need to check out if this is the right situation. Like this lady, well, you know, at the end of the day, she certainly isn't suitable for a Stafford and certainly not a dog in my opinion. No. Mm. So she's, she's got the wrong agenda for having one. No. Yeah, that's right. No, buy a statue or buy something that's 18 years old and just will do literally nothing but sit there because it can't do anything else. That's right. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Something that's more suitable. But, you know, at the end of the day, that's why we like to talk to them. Just communication through the email for me is not, doesn't give me enough. And I don't know the person, do I? I've got mm. an email. It could be anybody. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, and often is. Yeah. And or text messaging. Mm. Mm. Or... How much are your pups? Hello? Who is this? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah. no real introduction. It's just... Yeah, it's like they're just shopping around. It's a transaction. Yes. Mm. And so whilst they possibly get good homes, it's not how purists like to deal with mm. pu- puppy purchases. And they they it, like to deal with a person. Yeah. Mm. And you're okay. I mean, if someone rang you and just said, look, I'm just looking for a pet. I don't want to show this dog... I don't want it to be anything else other than a part of my family that is in my house and we take on holidays and we love and we treat with great affection. That's exactly the home we want. Yeah, yeah. Mm. If they show them, great. But if not, you just want that the the real motivator is I wanted just a good home for this dog. Well, people over the years have contacted and said, I, look, I just want a pet. I don't want a show dog. And, you know, I've said... All our dogs are pets first. Mm. All mm. our dogs are your mm. friends first. Mm. Mm. You know, that's what we want, a good home. I mean, I've got a couple of great dogs sitting in pet homes in inverted commas. They're beautiful. They don't want to show them. Mm. And they just mm. go, oh, wow. Look <laughs> Is there a party that just goes, come on, just show them once. Just they could be a time. champion. No, not once because that's not enough. <laughs> you know what we like. Um, yeah. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's like, you know, it's... Um, but the main thing is they both got great homes. Yeah. Really mm. good homes. Yeah. So that, that's what you walk away, breeders walk away and think, well, they've got a great home, what can I do? Mm. 
mm. is what what matters. So dogs really aren't pets. I mean, I know, uh, you know, our, our previous person who did a podcast today, John, was saying, mm. you know, these are the show ones and these are the pet ones. Well, that's... That's right. There's mm. dogs that you choose to go to show homes mm. and try to get them into show homes. Mm. But overall, they're still pets. Mm. They're still somebody's mate yeah. or a family's mm. friend. Or I think that was something we talked about in one of the really early podcasts that we did was, is a show dog separate to your pet dog or is it the same thing? Part, and we've talked part of about family. Yeah. Yeah, that's part right. of your family, regardless of whether it's a show dog or a pet dog. Yeah. And, I, and I think John did mention as well, like, you know, had a dog that, looked beautiful and was perfect but just didn't like being in the ring that's right and so you know you'd have to be prepared to keep that dog on as a pet knowing that or potentially take it back to the breeder and go listen great dog just doesn't want to show that's Can right you take it back for us kind of thing so is it well is, people don't tend to do that that's what he was saying they prepared yeah. to keep them anyway because they, they, they buy them they love them yeah, yeah. Mm. if you've got the right home people can't part with them yeah yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. the thing they just can't oh you'll just take him back he didn't show yeah most mm. people go oh we can't oh, he can't he doesn't show but we'll get another one that does we'll keep him though yeah yeah <laughs> do you know what yeah. i mean we'll get him like, a mate we'll get him yeah, a little yeah. mate we'll, we'll, you know we'll just get someone else to might like it yeah mm. so rather than just flick him because he's you know just because he doesn't want to go to the party every week mm. you know yeah so if i'm if I'm coming to you to buy a dog and I've, we've had the phone call and, yep, you've liked what I'm talking about and I like you, if I'm when I first come to you, am, am I asking for a registration number or asking for paperwork? Am I, am I Googling you and seeing you from the Dogs New South Wales website? I mean, assuming I'm somebody who doesn't know who you are, doesn't know your reputation, doesn't know the gamester breeding family, like, is there, a, is there something I should be looking for or am I... Or is it just purely, are you on the Dogs New South Wales website? Or uh, whichever state you're in? Well, we breeders, um, I think they should check out, basically, if they're registered with a body. Okay. Whether it be us or the NBA. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, the thing is, um, I think they should, because there there's a code of ethics for those yeah, organisations yeah, yeah. to begin with, and the ANKC in particular in Dogs New South Wales has a code of ethics. And if yeah. breeders aren't doing the right thing, that's, you can contact Dogs New South Wales with the issue and mm. they will look up what to do. There's also the, um, well, it's not fair trading anymore, what's it called? NCAT. New South oh, yeah. Yep, NCAT, yeah. who deal specifically with these issues. They had so many over the times yeah. that they've set up an area for this. Yeah. Um, so there's all that sort of thing. If you're having issues with, you know, breeders really doing the wrong thing by you and mm. you think you want to do, because... Do something about it because we are we are obliged. We are selling something, mm-hmm. so we are under those acts. Mm. Um, so there's those sorts of places. But in the main, uh, people people want to know the credentials. I don't often have people ask me that because no. uh, they've usually done a bit of research and know what they want. Yeah. Um, unless you get that text, you how much are your pups? We just don't answer. Yeah. So that's all there is to that. Um, so. Um, but basically, yeah, I, look, I've been going for a very long time. So yeah. all the puppy inquiries that I usually get are the ones where their, their dogs passed away at 16 or something and they want a new mm. one and when will you be having a litter and only breed every two to three years anyway. So it's yeah. not like mm. it's commercial. But in general, um, and there's a lot of us like that, we're really purists, um, but... In general, if you're buying a dog, um, yes, you should check out who they are. I mean, people will contact the society and ask them, um, do you know these people? Um, people will also say, do you know if they're a member? They, they, you know, they told me this, that and the other. Or you can check with Dogs New South Wales if they're a member. They're happy to tell you. Yeah. Um, you can, we don't recommend people. That's something we don't do. Is recommend people. We know where litters are, but we don't recommend them because mm. uh, the onus is on the breeder to do the right thing. We we're not responsible, but we can say where we know where breeds breeders are. We that have if this person comes along and they're a good home, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, or we we've sort of done a bit of a screen on them and we think they'd be all right mm. to have our breed. But in general, if you totally don't know anything about dogs, um, people will ring up and you know sometimes they'll say say that to you. I don't know anything. Mm. Um, 
Well, basically, it's just a conversation on how can I help you mm. and mm. where to go and what to do. Mm. But I do believe, like, the Royal Easter Show's coming up. There'll be a lot of... Um, there'll be a dog stand there in the dog pavilion with information on breeds. Uh, the mm. Stafford Club will have a stand there on the 17th, mm -hmm. giving information on the breed and what to do and where to go um, and direct you to where where to go for puppies. But... Um, there's there's uh, dogs online which has all the all the breeders on it, mm -hmm. um, and it's about talking to them about what you want and then making your own decision. But I, I find most people are quite smart. Mm. You know, there's not these people aren't silly really. It's purchasing mm. a, something and whether it be a car or whatever, mm. it's people are, they work out what they want and they work out that you know that doesn't sound right. Mm. And they can come to the society and say, look, I'm purchasing this. And they said this, is that right? Is that how it goes? Mm. Well, we know all that stuff. Of course, yes, that's right. And if that's the agreement you had with your, with your breeder, that's how it is. Mm. Right? That's that sort of thing. Mm. Um, but we don't necessarily... We can tell you where puppies are that are from good breeders. Mm. Uh, and, and that's what we do through the society. As far as... Uh, the commercial, well, there are some commercial people in, in uh, Dogs New South Wales uh, and the ANKC for the mm. whole of the country. But, you know, if you're coming for something that, like as you did with a, with a breed that you just wanted a pup, you yeah. didn't know what you wanted, and mm. you ended up with pretty over there, pretty <laughs> big eyes. Um, well, then at the end of the day, you, you did your research, yeah. didn't you? Mm. Yeah, yeah, I did. And you, you met a really nice man who sold you a really nice puppy that yes. was healthy. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. So it's out yeah. there and it can be done. It doesn't have to be done mm. through us, mm. through the, to the Dogs New South Wales, but it's all about people being uh, smart and not emotional. Mm. Do you know what I mean? People mm. just go, oh, yeah, I want that. Mm. Or, oh, I'm just going to buy a whatever. It's mm. $5,000. It's blue. I'll have it. Yeah. And then never get it. It's, I mean, mm. when do you do that with anything? Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Or it's fluffy and it's cute and it's this and it's that. And it's like, yeah, but they don't stay fluffy and cute forever. Mm. I mean, they do, but they don't. I'll tell you what my issue was at the time. <laughs> okay. Was that he was all, no, we're not getting a dog, we're not getting a dog, we're not getting a dog. And I knew that, you know, if there was ever a time we were going to have a dog, it had to be then because we were, in, we were at home for that long period of time so it was the best time we could do it so I, I was sort of like we need to do it now if we're ever going to do it and then he was like no 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 so then I was stressed already about that that's where my emotional side of things was coming from really yeah. because I was worried that that I was making the wrong decision because he was so against it and then you know he goes to pick her up and the love affair begins so I didn't have anything to worry about <laughs> now it's just him and the dog against the world but <laughs> I <laughs> The canine love of my life. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, so there's those emotions as well around am I doing the right thing? Do I, you know, I, I knew instinctively that she was going to be the right choice to have. But, yeah, there was a bit of pushback from Buggerlugs over here. So I wasn't sure we, where we were going to So if you did come to me in probably face-to-face -face and one, didn't, one partner or party didn't want yeah. the dog, you wouldn't get it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Because yeah. at the end, breeders want to see a united that the, mm. that the dogs wanted by the family. Yes. Yeah. Th those were um, all discussions that happened before we even really got in contact with the breeder. Yeah, that's right. And, then, and the time frame was really, realistically, probably a couple of days. You know, our, our, our daughter was absolutely adamant she wanted a dog and we went, no, 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 no. Um, <clears throat> ultimately... As we said, we found ourselves in those circumstances where we're here all the time. My big thing was, number one, we had said no for such a long time. But number two, just I didn't believe we were equipped for a dog. Um, I, I was had reservations. And the other thing was, and so people understand, at the time we had two fish, or our fish, two birds, and we're adding a dog to the mix. But I used to clean the fish tank. I used to clean the bird cage. And I was like, I don't need another animal to look after. I don't need <laughs> yeah. more, more responsibility. <laughs> so there was a whole range of things in that. But ultimately, um, the, the thing that got me over the line was I knew how important it was to Barb. Mm. Like she really wanted that, that animal. 
and really, really was committed to it. So I was like, okay, if you really want it and we can manage this, let's do this and we'll put it together. And yeah, you're right. I walked in, picked that dog up for the first time. It snuggled in and it's never left my side. (laughs) (laughs) You know, but, but we had changed, she changed your life. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. You individually. We had that, but we had all of those discussions before we even got in touch with the breeder so much so that we were like, we have to, we have to say yay or nay before we contact them. And if we don't do it soon, that dog's going to be gone. It's such a pretty dog. Mm. It won't be there anymore. And just very fortunate that when we contacted her, he went, yep, yep, still available. You can, you know, <coughs> put the deposit down. You can have her. She's yours. And we went, okay, let's do it. So had we have spoken to you, like had we have gone through that process, by the time we got to you, we would have been, okay. There yeah. would have been a decision made. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. And at the end of it, I think my thing was like, all right, if you want it, you have it. Yeah. You know, if, if you want to do it, let's do it. If you're prepared to be committed to it, let's go. Let's get it done. Well, that often happens because um, people just, you know, have to work through it. Or whether yeah. they, whether they really want the responsibility is what mm. the right word. Yeah. Of of another animal, or well, another, you know, member of the family. It, it, mm. I think the big thing for me was it was a big, and I guess it's the same for anyone that's buying a dog off you. It's a lifestyle change. Yeah, you know, that's it is. What I mean. It yeah. is a lifestyle exactly. change. We can't leave the dog at home for too long on its own. We don't want to leave the dog for home. You know. We go on holidays now. Our holidays are changed. We have to go to dog-friendly places. That's right. You know, yeah. we, we can't just go to the the motel near the main strip in, in the holiday place because they don't take dogs. And if they did, we can't leave the dog in the room all day. You know, we have to go to a place now that has a yard. We have to go to a place now that's dog-friendly. Yep. Um, dog-friendly usually, it's like getting married. It usually means more expensive. Yeah. Mm. But that's okay. We, we had to be prepared for that because otherwise we have to put her in a kennel, which would probably be the amount of money that we spend, and we <laughs> don't do that. do that. But it's just now about us. And that, and that was the big thing for us. Our lifestyle is going to change. Do we want it to change in such a way that it would be, you know, impossible for us to have the dog? Because we're going to have to, and ultimately we were able to. Ultimately, we we have changed our lifestyle. We we include the dog as much as we possibly can. The dog comes to family things with us, and people know now if they're going to invite us, the dog's probably coming with us, and mm-hmm. that sort of stuff. So, you know, ultimately it was all fine. But I'm really big on, and I'm really aware of the fact that people buy these animals and either don't want to include them in their family and their life, or put them in a backyard. Mm, that's right. And the dog sits in the backyard for 23 and a half of the hours of the day. That's right. You know? Or they, they're just not, you know, even when they come home from work, they don't let them in the inside. Yeah. Or, or, or even go out and see them or yeah. whatever. They just, yeah. it's, and it's it's a really big, important part yeah. that you do realise it's going to change your life and it's, and it, they're part of your family because yep. you want them to be. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Part of your family, and yeah. we we've made the comment as well as we. They were, want to be part of your family. They're not. Yeah, they don't want to just sit there out the back and not yeah well, interact we, with anyone. That's we've right. made the comment that that you know back in the day dogs would be chucked out the backyard, mm-hmm. and nowadays it's like yeah. I mean, you know, you know, anyone that's listened to this, I think we've mentioned it, our dog sleeps on our bed with us. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you know, our dogs are part of the family. This is her. The beauty of her is she doesn't shed, so there's no fur everywhere. That's great, but. Um, you know, she sleeps on the bed with us. She sits on the lounge with us. She has free reign of the house. She goes anywhere she wants. She doesn't. She's fully a part of the family. Um, so I think the barking thing that happens when she does bark at the door, I think it is, hang on, I've got to protect the family. I've mm. got to keep you oh, guys someone's safe. Here, someone's here. Yeah, I better let yeah. them, I better let you know just in case you didn't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I, I was acutely aware of. Those people that. I didn't want to be that person and I didn't want to be the person taking a dog to a shelter in, in two years' time because we don't, can't fit it into our lifestyle. That's not fair on the dog. Emil Breeder that you purchased her from, she, he was like, he's just a person who had a litter in a pandemic Yeah. and mm-hmm. um, he advertised the puppies but he, you, you've said he was adamant that he wanted a good home yeah. for his for his dogs. I think, right. I think they had some structure to their breeding. I think they did, had done it before and they were actually doing it reasonably deliberately. But he was very much about wanting a very good home for his dogs. Mm. And, um, and, you know, our experience was different, you know, because we did buy in the pandemic. And so often, I'm going to admit to a crime here, but it's okay because we're allowed to now. Um, <laughs> well, no, we were living in the 5K exclusion zone. Now, 
to drive to his house from where we are, it was 17 kilometres. But if you actually put the circle down as the crow flew, his, the circle ended about 100 metres from his house. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. so, so, was li- lucky. so literally just driving <laughs> on the other on side the other of that side. circle. So driving over there, very nervous because I'm driving into a less than reputable part of Sydney with a significant amount of money in my pocket. Um, also driving outside of my 5K zone or driving at all during the pandemic, hoping that I had a fair enough excuse because I was technically buying something that wasn't available within the five kilometres mm-hmm. um, and then and turning up and, and really not knowing, you know, what am, I, what am I walking into? Like they sound great. They've made all the right noises, but they really are just a family in suburban Sydney and, as I said, a less than reputable suburb. What am I walking into? And they couldn't have been lovelier. They were very nice. They, they had it all set up. They had all the paperwork there ready to go. Signed it over, gave him the cash, picked up well, I picked up the dog as soon as I got there. Bang. That was it. And I was <laughs> this huge, like, <sighs> relief. Mm. Oh, God. You thought you were going to get robbed. Thought I was going to get, oh, I didn't know what was going to happen. But, and got Well, home. there was a lot of very negative experiences yeah. through the pandemic for people. Mm. Mm. But I, I will say that the purest people didn't breed as much. They mm. stopped. Mm. Mm. So they were slow on breeding. They didn't breed during the pandemic. Mm. A lot of people didn't. Mm. And right. even now they're saying that, that um, when they do breed after the pandemic, you can't sell a puppy for love nor money. Because everybody's got a dog mm. or was decided, as you say, you know, relinquished it mm-hmm. because probably wasn't for them in the first place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Or they're, yeah. they're over that period and now they're going back to flying around the world or whatever yes. they did for a for pastime. A yeah, yeah. So, That's or right. going to the beach every weekend or whatever it is people choose to do. Mm-hmm. So, I think, but you were lucky to, to hit somebody so good. Mm. But it is it is very much about research. It is very much about talking to people about what you, you, your environment, where you're going to keep the dog. And they only ask these questions in good faith to find out that it's whether it's the right place for the dog mm. and what you need. People sometimes always used to say, oh, no, those breeders, they ask too many questions. Well, there's a reason for that. So really, <laughs> really, you want them to ask too many questions? Well, we, we, we ask a lot of questions, but if you're not giving the right answers, well, then yeah. it's not probably the right thing to do, you're is not it? Mm. Dog. Yeah. yeah, do you yeah. know what I mean? So, and, 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 and of course, people only want what they want. Mm. Mm. But there's, you know, there's a lot less breeders like of any kind right now. Mm. Mm. Every, everybody's stopped breeding. We've lost a lot of the, a chunk from the, from the purebred world. Of breeders mm. and exhibitors, mm. the numbers have dropped dramatically after the pandemic, mm. um, and there are some breeders. So again, there's still not the supply. The supply's dropped again, but then the demand's not there either right now. Mm. Mm. So, um, and with all the legislations, which is basically going through every state um, of Australia, it's really hard to do anything anyway, unless you're going to set up as a commercial entity and do it for a business. Mm. Mm when most breeders were hobbyists. Mm. And, you know, you say, what always gets me is, you know, you hear all the bad stories, you know, we, we, we raided this place and it had all these dogs. And mm. Well, how many people do that? Not many, mm. I can assure you, in relation to the amount of people that are registered to breed dogs. Mm. You know, you might get one out in a regional area mm. that's mm. not right, not doing number. it right. Mm. The old, you know, one bad apple spoils the batch kind of thing. That's right. Mm. I mean, it's like the greyhound industry. They shut that down because of a few bad apples. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you know mm. what I mean? That's yep. right. Yeah. And and they've reopened it and it's not the same. Um, probably mm. never will be. No. But, you know, all over a couple of, of people in each state that were not doing the right thing. Mm. I believe there's easier ways to deal with these things than to have such a heavy hand. Mm. Um, and, you know, breeders in general... Um, are quite, you know, broken-hearted. Probably they won't be able to keep their animals. Mm. Mm. So, and most mm. of them live out on, you know, move out into areas where um, they have more room. Mm. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, um, finding a good breeder, I don't believe, is that hard now. I think we had a really bad time during the pandemic because there was a, you know, it was a commodity where 
there was a supply and demand and a lot of money to be made. Some people made a lot of money. Mm. I don't mm. know how any people would would or could afford to pay the amounts of money they were buying dogs for. Mm. It was massive. Mm. Um, so, um, you know. <laughs> we weren't spending money on anything else. That was the only way we had the money available, like truthfully, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah, well, everybody had more money during the pandemic. Mm. That's all there was. I mean, we weren't spending it, were we? Nowhere to spend it. No. Mm. Mm. So we were, you know, unless we did some um, buying of what was the furniture was the second biggest um, item sold during the pandemic, but you couldn't have it delivered because there mm. wasn't anything. You just <laughs> bought it. Um, so, you know, the, there's, there's things that, um, you know, it's horses for courses, but... It is important to find the right person and, like anything, be patient. The problem is people want it now yeah. and it's not always available. Mm-hmm. So, um, so if you ring a breeder and they say, look, I'm, I've got a litter coming in a few months' time or I'm planning on breeding later this year, mm-hmm. and you really want a dog from that breeder, wait for that breeder. Well, that's right. And that's, mm-hmm. that's exactly... I mean, I get calls all the time from people from the past as well and they say... When are you planning on having a litter? Well, actually, not this year. And mm. they go, okay, I'll wait. Mm, mm, mm. Okay? Because I want a dog that was like my last dog. Yeah. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Same temperament. I want so. one of yours. Yeah. Yep. So, that's important to me. And that's, that's mm. the thing. And other people, pe- new people aren't so patient, but that's another thing. People need to be patient. And that's, that's why everything went haywire, in my view, is, is because people are impatient. They just wanted it now. Mm. Yeah. And like everything now. Yeah. Everything's such instant gratification for everything. Yeah, and you can't just have it right away. And if you, the true value of a good owner is someone who will wait. Mm. You know, they'll wait and you'll, you know that when the, you know, you bring them and let them know, look, I've, I've done this breeding, I'll let you know and uh, what we get. But, I mean, I'm not a person either that sits down and takes orders. I mean, mm. I'm breeding for me mm. and most purists are. In that we'll see what we get. I look at what I'm going to keep, and the rest go to the greatest homes I can find, of which I've had some wonderful ones. Mm. Um, so, and a lot of lot of breeders will tell you the same story, mm. but it's the demand that causes the issue. Mm. And we're not saying there can't be demand; there has to be. But mm. people just need to be a bit more patient mm. about if they really want something that's purebred. Mm. If they're happy to go not down the purebred line, well, I don't personally think there's anything wrong with that. Mm. A dog's a dog, mm. and a companion's a companion. Mm. And if there are, you know, there are these crosses, mm. um, which have been created in very recent times. Mm. Um, and my personal view is is that if there been records have been kept and there's evidence through DNA or whatever uh, over three generations or more, then they are purebred. But the evidence has to be there. There's a, a new dog called the Boz Dog, um, the Australian Bulldog. Beautiful breed. He's been in development for 40 years. Wow. And he's just been registered and got more accurate registration and DNA than the pugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. So yep. at the end of the day, it's about being open-minded, I think, about these things. I don't discriminate against breeders that breed cross well, what's a designer dog? Others yeah. call it crossbreds. Yeah. At the end of the day, um, we all came from something. Yeah. Staffers mm. came from the, the old English white terrier and the, the mm. bulldog, as yeah. we've mentioned many times. Yeah, yeah. So we've all come from something, and I think it's a very negative thing to consider that we can't accept other crosses in development. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you can look at them, and they all look the same. So there's clearly a type... Of yes. these breeds, yeah, you know, and you go, well, that's a yeah. cavoodle, or yeah, 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 yeah. Right? so that means it's got a type. So I'm, I'm very much for the development. I mean, my colleagues and so on probably aren't as on board. Yeah. Well, not all of them. Some of them are um, with that because they just feel that you know this is it. But you know, to limit is to stop the future of things for me yeah. yes progression exactly if yeah. you limit something you are stopping it from moving forward mm. that's that's the world i believe is needs to be open mm. i mean i know a lot of people in the purebred dog world do not agree with me um don't think anybody can give me a real reason though mm. um but 
we have to be more accepting. And is, as a, as is it a bit of that, well, this is just how we've always done it, Kim? We've always just had purebreds. We, we have to maintain that. Um, yeah, I think that it's a lot of that's the way it is. Mm. Um, not accepting of change mm. of any kind, mm. um, which is a defeatist thing mm. if you do that. Um, so, yeah, basically it's a matter of I don't know that it will turn around, but what it created was another register, which is the Master Breeders. Mm. Yeah. So, and as John was saying in our last conversation, same things happened in England. Yeah. It's been in place for America for yonks, for decades, where mm. they built themselves another register. Yeah. That's what people just do. Okay, don't accept us, we'll accept our own up. Yeah. Instead of being inclusive, yeah. which I'm a really inclusive person, come in and, you know, let's give it a shot, see what yeah. happens. Yeah. And, and look at the good in things. Um, so, yeah, but as far as breeders go, it's very much about doing your research, speaking to the right people. As we all say, you've got to speak to the right people. You mightn't always find them in the beginning. And um, it's about finding the right set of people for you to give you the information. Mm. Yeah. But also um, how you purchase a dog. I mean, you said you went over and mm. picked your pup up and everything is good. Lots of people are very um, anxious these days about having people to their home. I mean, yeah. purists have have their their dogs in their home. Mm. And, you know, it's like you be, who knows who you're letting in. Yeah. Mm. So, you know, there was a very negative thing about, um, you know, you should see the mother and the father. That was created by Don Burke. Yeah. Well, they could have brought anything out and said it was the mother and yeah, father. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And yeah. often is the case of... Um, um, you know, the sire's not always there. Yeah. You might have used mm. an outside dog or frozen well, like semen. You might have used frozen like, semen, yeah. Oh, yeah. And well, I didn't see either of Daisy's parents, neither of them. Hmm. I mean, we saw pictures of them, but we didn't see the With physical her. specimen, yeah. yeah. So what my question is, why do you want to see the parents? What's, what, what is that? Mm. Why do you want to see them? We mm. didn't even ask for them. They just said, oh, here's the picture of the mum and the dad. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, people did, yeah. think they have to. Yeah. Right. But it's like, well, why, why do you want to see the parents? Hmm. Here they are. You could yeah. bring anybody out. <laughs> so that was my first thing. The other thing is is that, you know, inspection of everybody's homes and things like this for, you know, prospective puppy people. Well, a friend of mine once said that the jeweller doesn't take you into the safe. Mm. Oh, that's true. Like, mm. why, why are you wanting to look at that? We just go to the car yard. You don't go to the manufacturing plant, do you? That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah. So these, these supposed norms that were created mm. by that particular person mm. has created a, an expectation of, of consumers, mm. which isn't necessarily right. Mm. And really, I don't understand what was meant to be gained by doing it. Mm. Um, more, I don't. I think people don't understand that breeders more want their puppy to have a good home, probably more than you want a puppy. Mm. And even and your breeder said the same, didn't he? Yeah. That's all he kept saying. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. because they fall in love with them first. Mm. Well, that's right. They bring them into the world. Mm. That's right. Mm. So they've got a bond with them from the instant. Mm. That's right. Yeah. Now I don't know the commercials are so much in the case. It's just a process and, hmm. you know, have people whelp them for them or whatever. Hmm. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how I see it anyway. But there's, I'm not saying anything's better than the other. It's just two, two hmm. ways of purchasing a pup from hmm. different styles of breeders. Hmm. But it's all about doing your research and who you're comfortable with and making sure that it's a reasonable price. It's another thing. The prices are crazy. Mm-hmm. We don't. <laughs> crazy. But you know what? There's no recommended retail price on a dog, is there? Mm. That's no. the first yeah, thing. that's right. And there's also um, all about, well, if you want it, you'll pay it. Mm. Mm. The, yeah. the upside or the downside of the free market economy, whichever way you want to look at it. Yep, the dog's only worth what people are prepared to pay for it. That's right. Mm. Exactly right. And that's exactly how it is. Mm. I mean, uh, lots of people are horrified at the, the costs. But also you've got to remember, as we talked about before, what it costs to get that puppy or that litter. Mm. Mm. Okay, sometimes it'd be quite inexpensive. Other times it can be ridiculously expensive. For the breeder. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. can be like if you bring in frozen semen or you've got an imported dog you're using, 
and you've got a stud fee or the semen costs at least $6,000 to bring in. Um, you know, you've got imported stock, the actual physical dog. Mm. Um, you know, he's looking after the the, the, the mum while she's in whelp. Mm. Um, the microchipping, the vaccinations, and as we discussed before, some people feed puppy porridge and dry food and unlike myself who is ridiculous with what they get to eat <laughs> and the cost of that the gourmet ladies. meals dog, that they dog, get dogs eat better than you yeah, right. <laughs> what else can i give you um so it's quite expensive and if you mm. add up what that costs you mm. um in the main i mean look purists say we we don't make money on breeding with this mm. so there is to it mm. Mm. It's just you just it, want to cover your costs. Well, you don't even do that half the time. <laughs> mm. If you've got a cesarean thrown in or something like that, mm. yeah, you yeah. Don't, it's just not about the money for us in most cases. No. Okay, but the commercial guy will factor that all in and say, "Well, look, this cost all this, so yeah. you know, six pups, and to get, you know, as you would do anything, yeah, take that away, and this is how much I'm going to charge for the pups to cover my costs or make a profit." Yeah. Mm. So yeah. that's the commercial side of it. Well, this is the mm. thing I know what it costs just to walk in the door of a vet's. I'd hate to see what it costs to walk in and have a cesarean on a dog. Like, like truthfully, like, you know mm. what I mean? Well, so, it depends what time you have the cesarean. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 If, if it's from 9 to 5, Monday to Friday, you're sweet. <laughs> but if it's 2 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Right, you yeah. go to a special vet and that costs so many more mm. thousand dollars. Yeah, and I, yes. and I guess that's what you don't think about with anything, do you? You know, you go, oh, that's expensive. But then you don't think about the fact that, yeah, there is... Potentially, nothing happens and it all goes swimmingly, and the person makes a nice little profit. But then the next litter they have, it's a cesarean, it's this, it's that, and it's, you know, they're $10,000 in the hole before they even have a producer puppy. So, That's you right. know, they, they want to be able to at least recoup some of that cost and, you know, hope that the next litter doesn't have the same issues. Well, that's right. Yeah, mm. so that's that's what you've got to think about as well. Mm. So it's, it's important that people see the big picture. Mm. I think we can leave it there. That's good. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Thanks, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.